Hi, everybody. My name is Brian Trendler, and you are listening and now watching to episode 40 of the podcast series, Shut Up and Laugh. My name is Brian Trendler. I think I've already mentioned that, but that's okay. There's a humor and iteration. And um, I get to sit here every couple of weeks and interview some really amazing people that have either touched me or they have incredible stories that just need to be seen and heard. And today is no different. But first, before we launch into that, I'm going to say a quick shout out and thanks to some of my sponsors. The first one being LT's Pet Sitting. Uh, Linda will come to your home. She will take care of your animals as if they are her own. And she will allow you the flexibility to, as the pandemic loosens up, get out, go away, go on vacation, go on a trip whatever she'll send you pictures to make sure that your animals are just fine without you probably having a better time and you can just relax and know that everything is going to be okay another sponsor is dreamosity uh, my business partner actually in another company but marcel allen she runs a social media training company she will teach you how to optimize your dollars your advertising your focus and take care of you from the standpoint of getting you as much exposure online as possible from the social media aspects and uh, last but not least Gentle Frog Custom QuickBooks Training. And Rachel Barnett is one of the Pacific Northwest highly rated and documented QuickBooks trainers and teachers. And she will take care of your business and point out kindly all the things that you can do better to run a sleek and successful business. If you are interested in ever thinking about becoming a sponsor, please feel free to visit my website, anchor.fm forward slash shut up and laugh. And you can just click on the sponsor link and look at the options. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce a very special guest. I'm excited to meet her today. Uh, really uh, kind of face to face only the second or third time since I've known her. Please give a warm welcome everybody to Mercy Hob. Mercy, hi. Hi. It's so good to see you. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, of course. I'm excited. <laughs> so I teased Mercy just a bit at first because she has the lighting currently that I have in my podcast studio normally in my mornings. And even though we're in, in the same time zone, I asked her to find a nice secluded space. And I think her window blinds are casting the same orange light. So she's not in some weird, creepy government facility room thousands of feet under the ground. She is a bubbly, beautiful teenager, and we get to chat today. So again, thank you for coming online here with me today. Yeah, thank you. So Mercy is, okay, we dive in deep here at Shut Up and Laugh, Mercy. We do a very, very um, almost um, crazy probe into all that makes you who you are from the background perspective and let's be honest you're a young teenager there isn't a lot to find um <laughs> I, can, I can just say to everybody that you are 16 years old you're sweet 16 right and um you're and you live in the shoreline area you go to high school in that area and that's all i found from your deep dark hidden secrets most often <laughs> I'm just sharing things to throw people off. Is there anything else you'd care to share about that past of yours or, or your current present? Um, yeah, I've lived in Shoreline for a little over 12 years. Okay. I moved here from LA and um, I'm the oldest of four kids. So that's wow. it's a party in the pandemic life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Glad to never be bored in that way. But um, yeah, I'm loving the, the sunny weather and you, you, I mean, yeah, there's not a lot of, of other things. <laughs> I like books in the park and puppy dogs. Okay, good. good. <laughs> now, you were born in California, right? Yep. Whereabouts? Um, LA. LA, so okay. We, we lived really, really close to 
USC. Okay, excellent, excellent. And you've been up here for, like you said, 12 years now and just loving it. Um, okay, so do you want to just have some fun here and dive into these questions that you know nothing about? You don't know what I'm going to say. For anyone who's new listening or watching this broadcast, I just get to play with people and it's so much fun because Mercy is probably the bravest teenager out here in the Pacific Northwest right now, not only because of her story, but also because she's on the show and has no idea what's up. <laughs> so, um, fun fact, I found out, Mercy, that you love acting. You love theater. You love music too. Um, you were in the Newsies. And yeah. not only were you in the Newsies play, which is for anyone who doesn't know, that's about the real life news boy strike in 1899, because apparently women weren't capable of rolling up newspapers and throwing them onto people's doorsteps back then. Um, you played multiple roles if I learned my fact correctly. So tell me about that. What, I mean, were, were you Jack Kelly, the famous newsy leader of the resistance or what type of role did you play in that play? Play in that play. <laughs> yeah, um, so that was my freshman year and okay. um, it was my first show I'd done with the, my high school theater department. Um, and actually- theater. At this point, you have to say it, theater, theater. And have your pinky out, right? Theater. Yeah. Okay. With the with the like pinky, <laughs> um, yeah. So it was my first kind of show I had done with the theater department department at my school, and actually, sadly, it's the only one, it only musical I've performed with my school because we were working on Legally Blonde my sophomore year, and then nice. pandemic hit, and then it's junior year now, so yep. it's you know too late too late for that but I'm, I'm holding out for senior year musical that'll be great but yeah no I really enjoyed it it was a really incredible show because um a lot of times conflict from a it, within like a, a show that's happening is kind of this uh, sort of like a hierarchy of the roles like yeah. if you're the lead then you've kind of got the lay of the land you're like the boss man of the area and then people who got really really small parts are often frustrated because they feel like they could have shown and, and showcased their talents um, mm -hmm. and potentially have more fun as a higher, you know, yeah. not committed, but like um, a, a larger part. And so yeah. um, as a freshman, I was a little nervous about that, but it turned out in that show, so many people had really similar levels of, you know, stage time, like musical numbers. Um, there weren't a ton of lines for people other than like the few main leads, but it really didn't matter because we all danced a ton. We all sang a ton. That's we great. really just became kind of a bond because there wasn't as much of this hierarchy. Um, and the people who were kind of on the top of the food chain were really, really great and really nice. And I met some of my greatest friends in that show mm -hmm. and we just all drew closer together and I mean, it was, it was really fun. I learned how to tap dance. That was really great. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, it's fantastic. kind of ironic because I had to kind of, you know, tuck back my hair. Um, so it would have been, you know, better if I was performing it now, I would have sure, just looked sure. the boy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, well. Yeah. So I was a newsie, just a kind of a chorus member. I got to dance in a ton of the shows um, and, or not a ton of the shows and ton of the numbers. Um, and I was a, 
a Bowery Beauty is what it's called. It was uh -huh. kind of like a burlesque dancer. Yeah, I was going to say, that those are the burlesque dancers. Wow. Yeah, so <laughs> that was also really fun because it was this, this band of like, I think there were six of us and we had, you know, it was only us in those those few scenes and we had like this one dance we did and we totally had fun with the like burlesque yeah, dance around know, and everything, right? yeah we had like feather boas um <laughs> that all the feathers kept falling out so everyone kept tripping on the feathers on the stage no one makes a good boa nowadays i tell you really it's, it's horrible quality has gone so downhill no <laughs> i yeah so i was a bowery beauty a newsie and then a nun which you know that's kind of a light and dark you know you got that's the actually the normal progression you go from a juicy <laughs> to a burlesque dancer and go oh, i'm gonna become a nun so yeah <laughs> exactly a few of us actually had like that is our backstory kind of thing like <laughs> no we're a nun but the church is a little low on funds so we have to do some yeah. night jobs a little known <laughs> fact nuns knit the boa feathery things. so really like i said it's a circle of life in there it really is. It all comes together. <laughs> yeah, so I, I definitely had a ton of fun being those different characters. It was really stressful because we had so many quick changes yeah. and going from a nun with like almost no makeup, but like feminine makeup in a way, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then going to really bright statement makeup for the burlesque dancer and then trying to wipe it all off and become like a dirty boy sort of makeup look yeah. was, was a little stressful. Um, but it, I mean, it was so fun and stress kind of, it's a catalyst for enjoyment if you really kind of yeah. find, get your, get your handle on, on the situation. So yeah. that was, that was super fun. I, I've always been a soprano in singing. So oftentimes I don't have harmonies. And so in this show, I had to sing the harmony line for a, a lot of different songs. And that was a really growing moment for me. And it was really fun. And it was always so satisfying to be like, I don't know what I'm singing. And then you hit the line and you like do it. And it sounds so cool with the melody. And you're like, yes. You just, you just want to drop the mic and just walk off stage. Just be like, I'm out, I'm done, I've done it. Now, yeah. I don't know if you realize this, but the shoreline equivalent of Rotten Tomatoes gave you a 97% for your performance. And no, I'm wow. kidding. It just, it, it just sounded funny. But you were described as a natural, so good on stage, literally meant to be there uh, by these um, evil inside sources that I have that had, have explained and, and described the entire thing. Why do you love the experience of being on stage so much? What does it do for you? Although I think I pretty much already got my answer given how animated you've been. You're like a Fraggle Rock character going, going back and forth. But, but what makes you love it so much? I mean, there's, there's so many aspects of it. I mean, first of all, it's such like a, you, you become such a bonded family sounds really cliche but it really does become <laughs> this group that you're so close with and I mean if any theater kid is listening you know what I'm talking about where there's those weeks of just absolute heck that you you're just the director's like guys we're not ready for the show it's in two weeks this is tech week for the next you know you're not sleeping you're stressed mm -hmm. all of these things and then when you come out of that and you present this show and people want to enjoy what you're doing when they're watching it and then the people on stage themselves are just able to enjoy themselves yeah. and experiment with different things like i know some people who are excellent actors and rarely had sung before it and now have found that they really love you know the music aspect of a musical um yeah. and and dancing is not something i do on a regular basis but 
theater dancing is so fun. Like the energy is just unmatched. And it's all these people working their passions to create this thing for everyone involved to enjoy. I I really like that. And then it's also fun to kind of like dive into this character and be like, well, I'm putting mercy on pause for today and going in as as this person and and just kind of, it's um, really, you know, like if, if you like to to act or mm-hmm. or something, it's it's very similar to kind of being an author in a way because you you create this universe um, and and try to kind of engross yourself into it and and enjoy that. And so that's that's always super fun to like create like a backstory and yeah. figure out your motives. Yeah. It's like it's a challenge that that ultimately is really rewarding. I I love I love the part of your answer. I I I love the whole thing, but part of your answer that says put mercy on hold and become someone new. And you're right. And I am a theta person. I am an ex-actor. And and two years ago, I was actually back on stage at every theater as the captain of the Tribute Time Machine. And and they said, take Brad Pitt's, um, I, I just forgot the name of the show. Um, well, and, and, and anyway, take like four or five different British accents, Scottish accents, and then and then be drunk. And that's the sound that the captain has to be. And I was like, oh my Lord, what have I got myself into? But I did it, right? And we're all dressed up like steampunk characters. And to be able to put Brian on the shelf, A, benefits, I think, more than just myself. But it's, it, it is, it's such an amazing release to just become someone else for 90 minutes, you know, and just let it go. And in your case, get your burlesque on and everything else, <laughs> become a nun and become a dirty boy. And yeah, it's, it's just wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. That's just amazing. So, okay. So Mercy, tell us about yourself. What sort of things make Mercy who Mercy is right now? What do you like to do as a normal teenager? What's, what's, what's a typical day in the life of you right now? Yeah, so I am, I really enjoy school and, and learning. And I, I would say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, whoa. you enjoy school. What is wrong with you? <laughs> well, I enjoy parts of school. I let me put a little asterisk on that. If I have a good teacher and I enjoy the, or I think the content I'm learning about is one either presented in like a kind of a, a cooler creative way or, or two, I know how it's going to kind of help me later in life. Yeah. Then I, I want to pay attention to it. And, and I do really enjoy learning. I mean, that, that moment when you're like struggling with a concept and then you have this sort of aha realization, yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, I understand how to do that. What? That's crazy. Um, that's, you know, that's always very rewarding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know any other teenager are... that thinks that. So you are, you are rare. You're like a unicorn of teen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely think that enjoying learning has helped with school because, you know, it's it's kind of something everyone does, but it's it's pretty hard, I think, if you just spend the whole time not wanting to be there. So another yeah. part of me is like, why would I complain about this thing I'm going to have to do? Why not just enjoy it? That'll help out in a lot of ways. So that's, that's definitely something. So I, I go to school in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I have band class and I actually am the jazz band. So I have to wake up an hour early or an hour and a half earlier than everyone else. Yeah. To go there. So, you know, I, I always wake up and hate that I'm in jazz band because I don't want to wake up. And then the second I start attending the class, I'm like, oh, 
it was worth it. I love this class. Um, so I'm definitely a music person through and through. I'm in the wind ensemble playing clarinet and in the jazz band playing tenor saxophone. Okay. Um, wow. And that's they're they're such completely different environments, even though they're the same, sure. you know, like band, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I I mean there's different things about them that I love, but I, I pretty much can label myself very confidently as a music person. That's wonderful. Um, and I'm a drum major for my band, so that's a learning curve right now we're doing like pep and marching band tunes so mm -hmm. trying to trying to learn how to conduct really confidently wow. um and you know i'm a theater person and i'm yes. also a soccer player i really enjoy soccer a lot and i'm actually running right now um to try to kind of increase my my physical abilities so that by the fall of this year i guess of, of senior yeah. year i can try out for the team and, and get on the varsity team i was on the varsity team sophomore year but then you know this last year and a half has has kind of thrown thrown some things for the loop so sure we're gonna see how how that works but yeah as soon as i'm done with school i i really enjoy like cooking and making food mm -hmm. um and so and simultaneously i get annoyed if people ask me to make food because i'm like <laughs> for them i'm like you can do it yourself what do you mean so then you know trying to figure that out but i do enjoy making food and i'm gluten-free so sometimes it can be a challenge yeah There's sure now. but um after that i usually do a little more homework and i i really like to eat outside because it's so beautiful outside and i just feel so in my element outside and the mm -hmm. sun just like makes me smile so much like no no hate on winter or fall or anything but <laughs> when the sun comes out it's it's yeah. always nice so is spring <laughs> technically your favorite time or is it summer that falls under your your highest like marks I, ooh, that's a hard awesome. one. I would awesome. say, you know, there's things I love about both of them a lot, but just, just like being like decisive right now, I would probably say summer because okay. um, I can, like, I love swimming and like going to the lake and oftentimes in spring, even if the sun is out and it's warm outside, the lake is usually a little I was going to say the water is basically nuclear freeze level stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's that's bad. Okay. All right. Very good. So quick, quick sidestep of sorts. You're in a very interesting situation at home. Now you mentioned that you've got four siblings. Yeah. So, well, I'm one of four. Yeah. Okay. So you're one of four. So your parents aren't working on like a basketball team or anything, but um, <laughs> both of your parents are pastors. Mm -hmm. Now, without getting them into trouble or getting you in trouble with them, hint hint are, are there is there anything funny that you run across on a regular basis because it kind of feels like a sitcom wanting to be made you got both parents as pastors different styles different techniques right but at the end they're happily married all that all that stuff has has it been easy living with them if we're being honest or you know how's it working out for you yeah i would <laughs> i would say it's I really enjoy it, I think. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely things where I'm just like going through life. And I think that so many people know what, you know, blank situation is like, or or this is super normal. And then I discover, hey, it's not. So the pandemic has stopped this from happening. But, you know, most people go to church or, or a religious service for a set amount of time. You know, you get there here, you're probably done 
however many hours, minutes, whatever afterwards. Sure. sure. For me, I usually get there like three hours before the service starts and I'm there probably, or like two or two or three hours before the service yeah. starts. And then I'm there like three or four hours after the service ends. So it's like, <laughs> kind of church for me is like a day. Yeah, <laughs> Full-time job. <laughs> it really is. And, and you know, the term is like PK, pastor's kid. And so um, my mom's Instagram handle is raising PKs, but I saw it, thought it was raisin. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck is a raisin GPK? Hello, mom. What Did is you this? Call me ugly? But, um, Ra- anyway. Raisin GPK? Yeah. So it's definitely, I think I learned a lot of like independence in a I way because my mom would always be like, I would be the one who's like, okay, Aaron, Elijah, hope don't talk during the service and like trying to find them all so we could leave yeah yeah you no know, we would just we would have the lay of the land at the church you know know it like the back of your hand um and then there's also a little sense of responsibility and kind of you have to be a little more posed and yeah you know you're you're the pk you're the example for the kids and, and also <laughs> you're even you're doing it you're even straightened up again you're like yeah gotta gotta fit that yeah, mold your there you tie. go <laughs> Wagger. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But then also I would, I would be a lot more involved. So I was yeah. at the church like most of the days of the week. Um, and so actually currently my mom isn't employed and my dad works at a college because he quit his job right before the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's been really weird because on top of having a pandemic and everyone working from home, um, both of them are not doing their pastor jobs at the moment so it's pretty yeah. weird because yeah. that has never happened for me like I, I'm just unused to it um so yeah it's definitely it's definitely been interesting I will say you're that. actually a pico p-k-o-h it's pastor's kid on hi- hiatus there we go there it's, we go a and it pico. also sounds like a pokemon or something like that <laughs> so much go out there and catch you with a cell phone or something so <laughs> Very good. Okay. Well, th- th- thank you for sharing. I-, I-, I think the only thing that you left out technically is it's a 10 hour day at church and then you come home and, and it, and it's just a home church version because they're still there, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So let's go ahead and jump into the next part here. I don't know if you realize this, but literally tomorrow is kind of an anniversary that you and I share. And it's literally the the a, a year ago tomorrow. I was emceeing an event. Yes. Yes. So again, for anyone that's just now listening or watching, we only know each other through one or two events very briefly, and now this, which uh, again, you're officially my bestie, only only pocket sized because I'm I'm old and crunchy and tall. But point is, is that we've literally only known each other through the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And last year, I was emceeing the event. I was doing my thing. And you were the student of the hour, having raised an exorbitant amount of funds for the event. And you were being honored as well as many other kids that were going through incredibly long periods of fundraising to kind of have a contest, a good-natured, no one shanking each other in the parking lot or anything, but <laughs> a, a very good-natured, uh, you know, cause to raise money of what leukemia, for what leukemia and the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society do. Then out of the blue, you're diagnosed. 
And I, I want to give you an opportunity to, to share some of that story because three, a couple of weeks ago, I'm back at the same virtual event, emceeing, doing again my small part to raise and hopefully drive more donations virtually, turn people upside down and shake them and see what comes out, right? But make them laugh at the same time, feel good about the great things that they're doing. But this time your face was up on the slides. Your story was there for everyone to see and listen to. Your battle and the sheer, are you kidding me of it all, is what all of us were feeling. So can you please share what happened, what's going on, and what has this been like for you? Yeah. So actually, um, May 3rd was my last day of school before the pandemic closed down, which was about a week before everyone else had their last day because I was really sick and we actually thought it was COVID. And so I went to the hospital because it got pretty bad at a point and I didn't have COVID. I was just, it was just something, who knows? And so after that, I didn't really recover very well. I um, obviously got a lot better, but I, it, I remained feeling kind of under the weather. And between then and the last day of school, I went to the hospital three times because I continued to have sort of these moments or, or long periods of time where I was feeling really gross. And so I'm pretty sure uh, like a week and a half before the grand finale for the LLS thing that you were just talking about, I was in the hospital. Um, and so, you know, rallied for that time. I was super excited trying to raise as much money as I could and, um, you know, ended up raising over more than my goal. And I said that if my goal was reached, I would shave my head and donate the hair to Wigs for Kids. I had like two feet of hair I was able to donate. Um, and so, you know, I, I kind of continued to feel this way throughout the summer. And the day before school started, at the beginning of September, I shaved my head and put the hair in a bag and mailed it off to Wigs for Kids. And um, two weeks from that date, I had a CT scan because we were just jumping around from everywhere, every specialist at Children's trying to figure mm -hmm. out why I was sick. It kind of got to a point where I was like, am I making this up? Am I? Yeah. yeah. Is, is it psychosomatic, I, I, right? I mean, what, what, yeah. what's happening? Am I, am I just exacerbating how I'm feeling and exaggerating it in my head mm -hmm. and projecting this? Cause I, I don't want to do school or I'm lazy or I want to tend to like, what is, what is going on? Um, mm -hmm. And so it was, really hard to that point and we a lot of my symptoms were involved with like my breathing and my chest pain and everything and so we had a, a pulmonologist who recommended a CT scan and we went and got it and um, my pediatrician at 9 30 at night we have her on like a text basis at that point because mm -hmm. I was sort of like you know we, we needed to kind of have some constant communication at that time so I, we got that text and she was like, hey, can you hop on a Zoom call? And this is like the day of the CT scan. Yeah. Um, and so we were kind of like, what is going on? 9.30 at night, a Zoom call with the pediatrician. We just had a test. This maybe isn't the most ideal sort of a situation. Yeah. And so we hopped on that Zoom call and she talked us through and said, hey, we found some swollen lymph nodes on your your CT scan and this could mean um 
a lot of things. It could mean a fungal infection. It could be you're just fighting a, a virus, but you know, your, your symptoms haven't changed anything in the last few months and viruses don't really last for that long in this way, mm-hmm. or it could be lymphoma. And she was like, don't, we'll, we'll send off some labs. Yeah. No, yeah. we're going to pursue it. But I just wanted to let you guys know. And so as soon as we closed the computer, I looked at my mom and she looked at me and was like, don't freak out. Because we had both just like heard lymphoma and then everything else was kind of like an echoey, you know, an echo chamber sort of situation. Um, And then I remember the next day, our pediatrician sent a text to my mom and was like, hey, I did that, you know, test that that lab test that's usually um, heightened in lymphoma cases and it came back negative. So that's really good news. And my mom goes, "Woo, no lymphoma at the top of her lungs. And my brothers were like, what? That was on the table. And I was like, only since last night, don't worry. So it was kind of like a free, like, oh, thank goodness, sort of a situation. Um, But because sometimes, you know, in our heads, it was just a small percentage of lymphoma patients who you know, didn't show that. And it was very unlikely that I had lymphoma, but we still had to meet with an infectious disease specialist. And, and he looked at my situation, heard my story and was like, I really don't think this is what this is. Um, and then the oncologist looked me dead in the face and said, you don't have cancer. It was nice meeting you, but I will never see you again. Mm. Um, and then after kind of talking through a little bit, she was like, but I, I do want to have a biopsy just in case. So, um, I don't know if you can see there's like a little scar right there that's my yeah. biopsy site um and turned out i had lymphoma and so that was kind of a roller coaster experience hmm. um so i you know i did fertility treatment which is is kind of a, a sort of not talked about aspect of of cancer treatment but i was really fortunate to be able to have have done that because mm-hmm. it meant that my cancer wasn't at a, a point of risk or aggressiveness where I, where waiting, you know, three weeks was a literal life or death situation. So I'm really grateful about that. And, you know, I definitely want to have kids in the future. So also thankful for that aspect, yeah. but then I hopped into chemotherapy and, and did that for the next um, five months or something. Um, and then was pronounced to be in remission but I was initially on the leadership team the task force for um the LLS in this this sort of chapter and trying to you know help other people experience how great the students of the year campaign was and I I mean I still to this day like would profusely recommend doing that if you're a high school student for for with any sort of passion in anything like you don't have to be like cancer for the whole you know, preceding your life. Like it's, it's a great experience for anyone with any skill, but, um, little, little plug there, (laughs) but I, I definitely was super excited to do that. Um, but then with being diagnosed and everything, I couldn't commit to that. And Danica, who is a staff member at the LLS, Mm -hmm. who I got to know really well through my involvement with them. Um, she said, Hey, why don't you be an honored hero? Which is they, they select a few Um, kids each year to sort of highlight their stories and their experiences and serve as almost like a tie to the cause or like a mission moment um, and also a a point of inspiration for the people who are working towards raising that money and so I was really honored uh, I was honored to be an honored hero (laughs) but I 
I was really grateful for that opportunity. And um, I mean, it was such an ironic situation. I really couldn't believe, and I still can't really believe um, that I was really glad that I was able to kind of use my sucky situation to hopefully inspire some action for, for some people. And my friend who was on my team, actually, um, when I did it, she, I asked her if she would want to do, be a, her own kind of candidate. And she said, no, I, I am really busy and, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of things are happening. Um, and then when I was diagnosed and I, you know, FaceTimed her and told her, um, she, the next day she was like, I'm doing it. I'm being, I'm doing the, I'm being a candidate for the students of the year. And she ended up raising over $50,000 this year and was the student of the year. She raised the most. She actually got a, um, an initiative, the children's initiative kind of thing that LLS is doing um, named after her and, and said in honor of me, which was crazy. And like, I didn't know it was happening and that's like amazing, but I was so proud of her and so happy that, you know, without like, if it weren't for my diagnosis, I don't know if she would have been, a candidate and that would have been fifty thousand dollars less than you know someone else or the, than the the other total so you know there, there's some bright sides i guess <laughs> yeah it's 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 a truly remarkable story and it it speaks toward your strength and your resiliency and more than likely your belief and your family and your togetherness and how ironic also that during the, the chemotherapy you've got to be quarantined and it's in the middle of a quarantine. So <laughs> it's like some of those things do sort of work to your advantage, don't they? It helps, it helps make the unthinkable doable, right? Yeah, um, for sure. You, you have one of the most gorgeous smiles I've ever seen and you're just so radiant and you're quick to laugh. And I admire that so much about you. It is an inspiration. I mean, like, I feel like this, like this, like the, this little guy, you know, that um, is looking up at you as someone I want to be when I grow up. And I'm, like I said, I'm old and crusty. So, I mean, understand if you've never been told that you, you are already affecting people on an incredible level. And would you care to share a recent opportunity that you had on a certain show? And would you you tell us how that happened and what the result was and and what happened when you got that call? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So um, I, on my very last day of chemo, I was really sad and I didn't wanna go to chemotherapy. But I ended up being surprised by having a sort of the the seven blocks between my house and the freeway, um, I, or at least the seven blocks between my high school and the freeway. I live really close to my high school. Was this group of like 500 people just who lined up at like 7 a.m. on a Saturday during a pandemic? Like what? Oh, I still can't really comprehend it, but um, they were all there and like screaming and shouting and cheering me on and, and they were there to cheer me on. They weren't just there for something else and I happened to drive by like they were there for me and that was, I mean, like I, I get speechless still talking about it, but I mean, that was, that was such an amazing experience and totally transformed my experience of that day. Like after that, I was so ready to like, fight cancer we're gonna beat this thing this is the last chemo let's go instead of like okay let's go to chemo i guess kind of it was just a complete like 180 sort of situation um and so that there was a video of that and it 
I just on a whim sent it to sort of like a good news um, correspondent, I guess, that I followed on Instagram. I really didn't think he would see it, let alone post it, but he ended up posting it on Instagram and Twitter and it kind of got, um, I think it was, it was over half a million people saw it in the first week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was crazy. And I, I was totally out of it that week because I was like drugged up on chemo, feeling horrible, all sorts of th- things. But um, I got a DM on my my kind of cancer journey Instagram and it was, you know, hi, I'm a, I work for the Ellen Show and I saw your story on this good news thing and I was wondering if we could talk to you to see if you would, you know, your story would be something we would want to highlight on our show and I was like, what? And then I was like, no, this has got to be a scam. And I yeah. showed it to mom yeah. as like a haha, look what I almost fell for. And she was like, oh my gosh, you should totally write her back. And I was like, whoa, oh. is this the real thing? And so, you know, a few interviews later, they were like, hey, we're going to have you on the show. Congratulations. Um, and so I, I believe, oh my gosh, I feel bad that I don't know the exact date, but I think it was April 9th or something that I was able to zoom in to the Ellen DeGeneres show and I had an interview with her and I was screaming internally the entire time I did not know what was that that was even happening like it was so bizarre and crazy and such an incredible experience I watched Um, it yeah it was really amazing and then she um we had a really great interview. I was so worried I was just going to blabber on and on and on. If you're listening to this point of the podcast, you know, I kind of rant or ramble a little bit. So I was really worried about that, but I, I felt like I, I did a pretty good job at reading it in a little bit. Um, and so that was, I was super relieved about that. And she was so nice. And, you know, it was like to have Ellen DeGeneres say you're inspiring. Like that is so bizarre. Still can't believe it. But um, then she surprised me with a trip down to LA to, which is my hometown. And so that was, I've missed it so much during the pandemic and I'm so excited to go down there. Yeah. Um, but I get to go back to to the show in person. Um, and so I'm so excited about that. She sent me some really cool swag too, like a hat that she signed. So I walked into the hospital the next, like I had a, an appointment that week and I walked in with it on my head and it was kind of, <laughs> kind of a nice full circle moment. But she also gave me $10,000, um, which was so crazy. And I, I don't even know how much that is. Like, <laughs> I, I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. I probably, it'll probably be like college or something, but that's it's so crazy um to think about and and like yeah I don't even know how that happened but I'm really glad it did uh it's called a plan and you're part of it (laughs) and uh it's it's remarkable and you shone so bright on that show you completely outshone that Ellen gal (laughs) whatever (laughs) famous tv show and everything okay um, no, that, that, that was awesome. And thank, and thank you for sharing about that. Cause like I said, um, I got to see it and it was awesome. You did not blather and blabber all over the place. You, you were very, very, I, I think you might as well have been chained down because you were vibrating. You were so excited. It was fantastic. So tell me, Tell me where all of this energy comes from, all this makeup that is that is you, um, to all you've been through over the last year and a half, what you know you're going to still be faced with. 
what are some of the things that keeps you laughing, smiling, and literally again glowing like you know for for people around you? Because because you you do you just radiate. So tell me, and and that's not because of the radiation you've been through. I did not mean to make a pun there, but it was kind of punny. Um, where does all this energy come from? I mean, it's. I think part of it is just kind of how I've been raised and who I, I kind of am just, you know, even at the beginning, but I think a lot of it is also a choice for me um, because I think we all have sort of a source of energy and we can all be energetic about something. Um, but, you know, where you choose to direct that energy, it really matters a lot. And I think it, it, in my experience, um, I've seen how, how being positive and and um, kind of just like smiling can be so contagious and you know making someone smile is like one of the best feelings in the entire world and it really you know it makes you know me feel really good but it also can totally change the experience of another person's day maybe or you know whole week month year life maybe who knows you never know what's going on mm -hmm. um and so just the simple effort of like smiling and, and trying to be kind of positive and um sort of being a, a light in such a dark world mm -hmm. i think it, it's something that i've found to be really uh, it pays off a lot but it also just kind of betters my own experience and i i think like what i mentioned about going at school was kind of like well i'm gonna be here anyway like might as well make it fun it's yeah. kind of like my i guess my motto for life i suppose and I, I found that um for me at least i feel you know most at home um and and most confident in myself when i'm smiling and you know trying to kind of put put some optimism in there and something I've, I've struggled with is differentiating between you know toxic positivity and constructive optimism um and so you know still working on that but I I definitely feel like it's uh one of my my more you know valued by my own self and also the people around me mm -hmm. um sort of values or or aspects of who I am and like I, even if I'm not even really trying to do it, I will, you know, stand up and lose my voice because I'm screaming so much at my soccer game or the pet band game, or I, you know, I just like when I'm excited, I just like start jumping and like hyping people up and mm -hmm. it's contagious. And so that's another thing maybe why I like theater so much is that people reciprocate your energy. And if, if it's all of us who are enjoying this thing we're doing, then that's a lot of good energy and enjoyment. And so it'll just keep kind of bouncing back. Um, and, you know, I, I think when other people are smiling, they're more confident. And when other people are confident, everyone kind of is enjoying the moment as well as kind of the long-term better. So that's my goal is to, to try to help some people find that confidence and find that sort of thing that makes them smile and maybe play a role in it, hopefully. <laughs> Mercy, when you listen to this on either the podcast or the Zoom cast, I want you to really focus in on the answer you just gave. That was an incredible, beautiful old soul answer. Like 
countless years of experience just came out of you and that's not possible you're 16 years old that was that was amazing it's it's everything laugh tech stands for it's what we train people on every day that they choose literally that face they're going to wear each day because that conscientious choice affects people around you whether it's the zoom call or the safeway aisle or you know, once we can all finally land on the ground again and, and successfully and completely put this in our rear view mirror, not just what you're battling, but this darn pandemic, we need each other. We need to smile. We need to touch. We need to connect. We need to hug. I'm a hugger, Dad Burnett. <laughs> I miss it, you know, and, and it's just, it's crazy. And everything you just answered is perfect. It's what everybody needs to say and think. So um, if I had a hat, I would take it off right now and say hats off to you. Ab ab absolutely brilliant. Um, I have one more question for you. And then we're going to go into what's called the uh, James Lipton nod. And if you don't know who James Lipton is, I'll explain briefly. But I want to know who inspires you. Wow. Um, I think... So the first things that come to mind are my parents, my siblings, and my close friends. I find that, and they're not going to believe me, if they ever listen to this, they're not going to believe me that I'm like saying this, but I'm literally in awe of them every single day. Like they're all so incredible. And I think that's another thing kind of tying back to what I just said is like, I, something I really value about life is that I think I can see the triumphs of people if I get to know them a little more mm -hmm. like if I know kind of sort of what they've they've thrived in some way like if you don't think you're thriving too bad you're wrong you've you've had some some great successes and some great comebacks in some way and so you're also not thriving with an easy path behind you like you've had some obstacles mm -hmm. and so I think when I know someone enough to see both sides of that and can res and can respect and, and honor and be impressed by that success and you know pushing through that anyone can inspire me like I think just regular people who go about their life and you know every so often you get a really heroic thing caught on camera or something and that's kind of what I see on the like good news movement yes. um that that handle that I told you about like you know so many of those actions go unnoticed in our day-to-day -day life but I mean the people like the more I get to know people the more I'm just amazed by everything they've done and everything they've come through and and how they impact other people yeah. um and a lot of people don't realize like how great they you know how much they contribute to like the goodness and and like greatness of my day and also the world yeah. so i mean i think people who are who are trying to who are really trying to advocate for problems that we have in our world like um climate justice um, you know, people who are trying to to advocate for climate justice or racial justice or, um, you know, reform in the way that we even just frame the world, not just something like, uh, you know, class systems or, or some like kind of tangible problem, but just sort of like how we look at our own mistakes, 
um, and learning from them instead of being ashamed of them or, or trying to hide and dismiss them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people who are yeah trying to educate people and just you know doing their best to improve a problem that they've identified that that's really inspiring to me Hmm. Um, and I mean I I love my siblings and I love my parents so much that like I can really I know I've also kind of been with them for a while and I know a lot about them so I can really acknowledge like how incredible of a person they are and I even my little sister who's half my age like I want to be like her when I grow up sort of a thing (laughs) that's awesome well, Mercy, more people need to listen to you and hear your message. And again, that's that's the sole reason of this podcast and, and now Zoomcast. So um, we're going to play with the last part of this, um, which is called the James Lipton nod. Um, are you familiar with who James Lipton is? No, I feel it's like okay. I- it's perfectly fine. Again, you're 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 it's it's way out of your normal age group. Um, someday look up on YouTube inside the actor's studio. He is a famous professor, a theater uh, major or teacher, whatever, and he interviewed hundreds of famous actors and philosophers and just everything you can imagine on stage. And he sat in a little old rickety, like kid's school desk looked grossly uncomfortable for all of these interviews while the other person got to sit in a nice comfy like lounge chair and he he is an amazing interviewer but what he did is he always gave each one of these actors or famous people the same three questions at the end i am not a thief i did not take the same questions i've taken my own three questions that now everyone gets just because they're fun and do your best, as he made his guests, to answer in one word. Oh, it's okay no. if you don't. Most people fail this, but you know this isn't a real test. You're not being graded. So for the James Lipton nod, your first question is simply, what is one of your biggest pet peeves? Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy? Wow. Okay. All these old soul answers. God. Okay. <laughs> What is a favorite place you've traveled to or would like to? Uh, um, Northern California is one of my favorite places I've traveled. So Northern California. Okay. And Mexico. Okay. Mexico. Place I want to travel. Okay, fantastic. And if you could be known for one thing only, what would that be? Ah, this is hard. <laughs> um, I, I'm going between two different things. I'm gonna say cancer curing. Okay. That's two words, but let's just okay. add a hyphen there. So it kind of counts. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag cancer curing, all one word. There we go. Perfect. There you go. Okay. That's another thing about the irony of this whole thing is like, I've wanted to cure cancer and be an oncological researcher or, or practicing oncologist for a long time. Um, I actually just got a really I was, was going to say, and you just got show. an internship. Yeah. So that's, you know, another step on that way. So, you know, Hopefully, I think if 
if some I obviously you can't like cure all, all cancer with one one thing it's just step by step until you can find a, a path to remission for everyone but you will you know that would be the goal <laughs> you absolutely will uh mercy it is time for us to wrap this up i wanted to thank you once again for taking the time reconnecting with me that goofy mc at an event who you barely know and who just in my own way fraggle rocked around the screen for you know 25 minutes to to help donate time to the cause um i did donate to your friends thing so i'd like to i'd like to claim that i'm the one that got her over over the top, but I can't legitimately say that. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to end with um, a, a a saying, for lack of better words, that I created for all of these interviews. And this is just a quick moment. Um, this is for you, and this is everyone out there listening or now watching once again on Zoomcast. Thanks to the GD pandemic. Um, when you're out there in between these podcasts um, and surrounded by everyone you know and love, uh, be a witness. Be real and be present to those you know and love. I ask this of you, Mercy, and everyone else, because I'm challenging you all to try it. Because sometimes we all just need to take a moment, step back, look around, and shut up and laugh. And normally I end on that note, but I will tell you, Mercy, that I don't know if you recall that I lost my mother. Oh, I do remember that now that you've said that. Super thrilled that this is on video. <laughs> but you're so strong. And you're amazing. And I just want to thank you. And unfortunately, when I get emotional, I turn into Minnie Mouse. Voice goes up. But um, it's a really, really crappy disease. And she fought every day for six years. And I can only pray that you stay strong and stay in remission and just continue to do amazing things. Thank you. All right. Thank you once again. And everybody, we'll see you next time on episode 41. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.